0: What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, man. I am back at it again, and I am excited, man. We got a lot to discuss tonight. Salutes to everybody watching. Salutes to all the Savages in the chat. Salutes to everybody on the lines already as well. Give me one second. We're going to get to everybody. The lines are already hot. All right? We're going to be discussing a lot tonight, man. I'm talking a lot. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be discussing the New York Jets linebacker position. Uh, We're also going to be talking about some other stuff as well. A lot of heat surrounding Carl Lawson as well. A lot of people fired up. He's going to be coming back. Training camp's a little bit of ways away. A lot of people talking about that. Salute to How About Them Jets. Good to see you in here as well, my friend. Good to see all the savages coming around, doing their thing. And let me go ahead and get into it. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page, my content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me, I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback, okay? I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. All right? Listen, your boy is on iTunes, in case you didn't know that. All right? I'm on iTunes. Go on over to iTunes, right? The Long Beach Joe Show. Okay? Subscribe to that show. Subscribe to that podcast. Leave me a five-star rating and give me some feedback, okay? I want to thank everybody that does that. I truly appreciate you folks that do that. It is always greatly appreciated to see how much people, you know, enjoy what I'm doing here. Let them know. Salute the TV watcher as well in the chat. Always good to see you in here too. Your boy is also on Twitter as well, Young J 0 okay? Go on over to Twitter. Put that in, right? Subscri- uh, follow. I'll follow you right back. You can also go to the show's page as well, at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe. Go on over there, all right? And, again, follow, I'll follow you right back, and let's go back and forth and talk about this football team. And for those of you that want to watch the show live, okay, listen, I know I have a great voice. People tell me that, all right? But I'm also handsome. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is what I have been told, okay? I have a face made for TV, okay? All right, so, if you want to watch the show live, if you want to catch all of my content as well, go on over to YouTube, all right, type in Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, okay? Type that on in, and come on and join us. Hit that, notif- hit that subscribe button and then hit that notification bell so when I post content, y'all be in the know. You know what I'm saying? Salutes to Curvin' Ledger as well. Good to see you in here as well, my friend. Salutes again to all the savages in the chat. You folks want to know why I call my chat the savages, because
1: they are Savage, man. straight up, savage.
0: Nobody is safe, okay? Nobody is safe, not even me. If you give a take that they don't like, they're going to let you know about it, okay? Everybody gets it. Nobody is safe. Salutes to all the savages, man. So we're going to get into the show now fired up. I'm excited. New York Jets, a lot of things coming. Again, training camp is a little bit of ways away, but it's coming. Down the pike is going to be happening this month, so we're all excited about that. And when I started to look at the New York Jets roster, one of the things I started to look at this defense, and I said to myself, this linebacker situation, uh, it's got me wondering a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you, all right? You look at our current linebackers right now, C.J. Mosley, I think is our best linebacker, right? Wouldn't you folks agree? You look at what he did for us last season. I think he had 103 tackles. He had some sacks. He was making impact play after impact play, right? We saw him make big plays when we played the Titans. He made a lot of stops when we played the Broncos. He was smacking people around. We saw him really go out there and put on. But here's a guy, again, that's getting older and older, right? He's not going to be around for long. Now, keep in mind, he's getting paid big money thanks to Mike McCagnin, okay? Thank you, Mike McCagnin. Those big (laughs)
1: contacts.
0: I am so glad that Mike McCagnin is gone. (laughs) Man, you know? That time is over, all right? We've got a a better general manager here, but still and yet, C.J. Mosley, that was one of the guys that Mike McCagnin grabbed in here and made him a very, you know, high-paid player. He's one of the highest-paid, you know, linebackers. You know, ever in, in the league. So when you look at the situation of how much he's getting paid right now, it's seventeen point five million dollars this season. If we keep him around, eighteen point five in two thousand twenty three. If we keep him around, so you start to wonder, you know, what's going on here at this New York Jets linebacker position. Yes, CJ played extremely well for us, but man, that is a lot to be paying a linebacker. <laughs> That's a lot to be playing, paying an inside linebacker. So you start to look at, okay, well, what do we have around here? What is something else? Where, who is somebody else who can kind of step up? And one of the guys that I think who looks really good in our linebacker position, Quincy Williams. This is the brother of Quentin Williams. Quincy Williams was a guy that Joe Douglas was able to get into the you know, Jets roster late, you know, really late free agency signing, a guy that not a lot of people were talking about. Right, We get him on the roster, and he really popped for us last year. 110 tackles, two sacks, three fourth fumbles. This guy played extremely well for us, played huge for us in a lot of spots. I think one of the biggest issues, if we continued, if you watched last season, was Gerard Davis, a guy that is now gone. We moved on from Gerard Davis. You know, salute to him. He's gone off, and he's joined another team. Gerard Davis was the guy that once he came back from his injury, we started to see a little bit less of Quincy Williams. But when Quincy was out there, particularly earlier in the season, we saw him make play after play after play, a lot of big plays. He did a lot of damn good things for the New York Jets defense. And so when you look at a lot of the expectations for him this year, there's a lot of people saying that he's a guy that is going to have a big-time impact on the New York Jets roster, that he's going to have a big-time impact. You know, not just in our linebacking core, but he may be a guy that could pop up and possibly be a Pro Bowl linebacker. I'm hearing a lot of Jets fans talk about this because of what he was able to do, a lot of the plays he was able to make out there. He provided a lot of spark for the New York Jets linebacking core last season. Now, there was some struggles as well. We saw our linebacking core kind of get beat up a bit by, you know, screens. We were struggling against the run as well at time. I think we were 29th against the run. We saw a lot of issues there, right? But, again, even with some of the pieces that was added, more pass rush. We've also saw some, some upgrades in our secondary as well. I think that, that that's going to help our linebacking core out a little bit. I'm feeling worried about the matchups with tight ends. I'm feeling worried about the guys coming out of the backfield as well. But with CJ and Quincy Williams out there and a lot of the additions that we've been able to make, I think this just defense is going to tick up a little bit. Now, keep in mind, one of the things that I think is really going to be something I'm going to be watching this season is the growth and uptick of our young linebackers, Jamin Sherwood and Hamza Nezuddin. It is extremely important that these two guys, these two young guys, develop and get better and become better linebackers for us this upcoming season. Okay? Listen, Jamin Sherwood played in about five games. He tore his Achilles against New England. You know, he had about 15 tackles this season. Hamza Nezladin played about 12 games. He tore his ACL. He had about 10 total tackles. We didn't see enough of these guys to figure out exactly what they were going to be, right? So here we're coming into his next season with these two young guys, and I'm hoping to really see them take a step forward. This will be the second year, you know, in the scheme for them. I want to see, hey, can these guys fit what we're trying to do here? Can these two young guys be the future for the New York Jets at linebacker? Because when you look at the rest of our defense, honestly, our, our secondary, which I already thought was pretty solid, we ended up getting sauce. You look at our, our safety position, getting whitehead. We got LaMarcus Joyner back. You look at our, our defensive line, it's been upgraded. We got Jermaine Johnson, Carl Lawson's coming back. Quentin Williams is expecting a big year. When you look at this Jets defense, the biggest question mark, and I think one of the biggest weaknesses on it is the Jets linebacking core, because it's so weak. It's so weak. After after CJ Mosley, again, who's getting older, after Quincy Williams, a guy that's on the uptick, you really have a lot of question marks after that. And so that's why it is imperative for Jamin Sherwood and Hamza nezrodeen to step up this season and be better. So I want to see what these two guys are going to bring to the table this year. So... It's extremely important. So I'm going to get to the callers because I can go on forever and ever and ever, okay, <laughs> because we got a lot to discuss today, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and get to the lines. Again, 515 602 515 is the number. Call in. We are taking our callers. Again, when you're calling in, keep in mind, you know, if you're watching as well on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit that notification bell if you haven't already. Please hit that like button as well. You know what I'm saying? It's always greatly appreciated. If you want to give to the stream, the super chat is there. Uh, if you don't want to hit the super chat and you want to hit the cash app, my cash app is there as well. Anything you give to the stream is greatly appreciated, okay? So now we're going to get to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515 602 is number. Call in. We're taking all callers. So first guy I'm going to go to is my guy, Colin. Jeremy, we'll come to you in a second. Salute to you, Colin. How are you feeling today, my friend?
2: Hey, Joe. Good evening, buddy. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, listen, Colin, we're talking about this New York Jets linebacking core right now, man, and when you look at it, when you look at C.J. Mosley and how great he was last season, do you expect him to be even more dominant this upcoming season?
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: First of all, let me just say, Joe, thank, thank you for keeping us informed with all the news. 'Cause I've mm-hmm. I've actually stepped away from all the craziness for a little while, um before I just drive myself nuts with, you know, what what's gonna happen with this team. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, You're yeah you know, I'm I'm yeah, I'm just gonna I'm trusting the process like Robert Sala says, right? I'm trusting in these guys that, you know, they they're doing, you know, everything necessary to make the team better. And um, you know, I'm just looking forward for preseason to see you know guys actually competing to you know make the roster and then from there you know i'm just hoping for some competitiveness this season you know you know everyone you know is in their second year at least and i'm looking for guys to step up and you know really 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 shine this year so you know that's my goal i've i've kind of like stayed away from you know all the different scenarios and the what-ifs and, you know, just, just trust in the process now at this point. Um, like I, I just want to get on the show and, you know, mention that to you. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, C.J. Mosley is, is a guy I always like. I don't I don't care how much money the guy is making. When when the guy is on the field, you know, he always gives 110%. And mm-hmm. you know the the other players respect him, and I I think they kind of like you know flourish off of him as well. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping you know he you know give us another um, impressive year, you know. So that's you know that's that's my Look, hope.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I hear you, I hear you, Colin. I understand, you know. Money matters to me. When you pay an inside linebacker seventeen point five million, you know, I look, I, I think he's phenomenal. But and especially when you don't have really an answer behind him, and if you keep him again, that's eighteen point five. That's a lot to eat up on a cap, especially again when you're a team that's still trying to build around a young quarterback. Again, we we've definitely improved quite a bit with some of the moves that we've been able to make. But that's, you know, you gotta wonder, hey, okay, what's the future there? And I think when you start to look around this linebacking core. A name that comes up is Quincy Williams. A lot of fans are hyped about him. A lot of fans are excited what he's bringing to the table. We saw a lot of things, good things out of him last season. There's a lot of Jets fans talking about him possibly being a guy that could maybe be a Pro Bowl contending linebacker. What are your thoughts about him, and do you think all this hype that's starting to you know buzz up and jumble around him, do you think it's, it's,
2: it's warranted? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's warranted in the minds of any Jets fan, right? That's what we hope and pray for. But you know, at the end of the at the day, I'm not going to buy into hype on any player at this point. I mean, they they all have an opportunity to to do well, um, mm-hmm. but you know, for me now, it's more so. Let me see on the field what actually happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one this year to be like overhyped on a player or, or, you know, players and then these guys, you know, they don't perform and then, you know, you're disappointed. Right? So we we have we have a lot of talent, we have a lot of young talent. I'm looking forward for Robert Salah, you know, Michael Floor, all these guys to improve in their second year. And, and these players, they improve. So, for me, um, you know, I know a lot of Jets fans are saying playoffs and all this stuff. I just want yeah, to see yeah, a lot of talk. these guys improve, and I want to see these guys do better than they do before, from coaching to the players, and be competitive. I don't I don't care if we only win five games, but the games you lose, they, you know, they have to be, like, maybe a field goal or, or – you know, some kind of last minute drive that you lost the game or something, but you know, we're not going to go in New England and, and lose 50 to to mine <laughs> Right. You know, if, if mm-hmm. that's happening, then, you know, not, has changed. Right. So, you yeah. know, my, my goal is to see, see this team being more competitive, the coaching, you know, much better than last year. And, you yeah. know, if, if we get W's, we get W's, um, but I'm not setting expectation high on how many games we're going to win or, you know, which players are going to be like a Pro Bowl or anything like that.
0: You yeah, here, here's the thing, though, Colin, and, and I hear I hear what you're saying and I understand that, but you have to, you know, you're a Jets fan, I'm a Jets fan, you have to look at a lot of the things that Joe Douglas has done with this roster, a lot of the improvements that he's made. You have to say the expectations have been raised, though, right? I mean, look at what we did in free oh, agency. Yeah, sure. We went out and got Lakeland Tomlinson. You know, you got Corey Davis coming back. You got Elijah Moore, who looks like he's going to be excellent. We drafted Garrett Wilson. You got you know Zach Wilson, who's a guy that really showed some flash in the second half of the season. We went out and got Bryce Hall. Like we've done so much. See, uh, we went out and got uh, Uzama. We went out and got Conklin. We drafted Jeremy Rucker. There's been so many things that we've done, right? Jermaine Johnson. You have to think mm-hmm. that expectations have been raised. So you, you, I mean. I'm guessing you would you would understand why there's so many fans. Even I mean, you talked about playoffs. C.J. Mosley himself, you know, has been quoted as saying that he expects this team to get into the playoffs. He expects that because of everything that we've done on this roster, though, right, Colin?
2: Oh yeah. I, listen, I mean, the, it's it's a it's a new team in my opinion. It's a better team than it is last year. Um, and this is what I'm saying: coaching has to be better. And if coaching is better one you know if 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 Zach Wilson is better this this team mm-hmm. can go far, but you know every everything looks good, you know when it's on paper but when when you gotta put everything on the field right, and that's when you're gonna really see you know, hey, are these players playing up to the potential that they supposed to um mm-hmm. and that's what i wanna see i want I wanna see these guys playing to the potential, to the expectations that we have of them. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, Garrett Wilson, I mean, we, we have all the weapons, right? We have everything you can think of. So yeah. now it's just a matter of, you know, coaching, learning the playbook, and executing, right? That's what, the, that's what we have to see now. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say, hey, this team should make the playoffs or anything like that. Um, okay. But I expect that they will play much better this year than they played last year.
0: I, I, res- I respect that, Colin. You, you're a very even keel fan. I'm telling you, there's a lot of Jets fans that are saying, with the moves that we've made, this team better make the playoffs. But one of the things that you talked about as well is you want to see what guys are going to do when they get back out there on the field, Right. One of the guys that mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about surrounding right now is Makai Becton. You know, when you look at this offense, a lot of people are, have a lot of questions around. There's a lot of negative comments, you know, coming about him. What are your thoughts about Makai at this point, And how are you feeling about him competing for that left tackle position? It's going to be my final question for you.
2: Oh, I mean, listen, I love Makai. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the guy is healthy and, you know, he's going to be back in the lineup. Um, Personally, you know, listen. If he gets shift the right, or if he he wins out left, um, mm-hmm. that's great. You know, what what I don't want to see is the guys that we consider our star guys getting hurt. You know, I I'm hoping and praying that we don't we don't have another year like we had last year. You know, so I I want to see what this team look like with the star potential players. That's, that's like, mm. you know, the, the one thing I want to see. I want to see a healthy best Beckton, healthy car mm. Watson. And, you know, I want to see a no-excuse team. You know, I, I want to see where, you know, people are not making an excuse. Well, you know, we, we don't have this guy. We don't have that guy. I want to see, you know, a no-excuse team. And I want to see how these guys actually play. So, um yeah man, I'm 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 excited for like everyone being healthy and you know just getting back on the field and like I say, you know, let's let's take it one game at a time. Let's let's go out there and win one game at a time and hey, if we make the playoffs, that's great. But let's let's go and be very competitive and and don't bow down to, to any team, you know? Cuz there's a yeah. lot of teams now that are really good and there's a lot of quarterbacks in this AFC East that we have to deal with, plus just the AFC in general. Right? There's just so many guys now that we have to compete with. So, you know, let let's let's go out there and try to beat each team, you know, one day at a time.
0: Yeah. So, so here's here's my here's my last question for you, Colin. You talked about Mackay mm-hmm. Beckton being moved over to right tackle.
2: If he does lose
0: the left tackle position and get moved to right tackle, would you consider him a bust?
2: No. No, because the guy's, the guy's still young. The guy's still fairly young. I mean, you know, what, what, you're, what, you're what right. is this going to be? You're right, but hold on, hold on. Head, head, let, me, let me play
0: Let me play devil's advocate for a second, Colin.
2: Now, I understand
0: he's still young, but if you drafted this guy to be your franchise left tackle and a guy like George Fant, mm-hmm. right, who played very well for us last year, but again, is kind of a journeyman, you know, swing tackle, kind of a journeyman swing offensive lineman, if, if George Fant can come in the door... Take your position. Then, what exactly did we draft Makai Beckham for if he's not going to be our starting right tackle? I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's just the question.
1: No,
2: I, I mean, listen. the way The way I look at it, you know, George George Fan, he's an experienced guy, and you know, Makai Becken, you know, in his first year, he was very raw, right? And then he got hurt in the second year, right? If I'm correct. So, you know, in in my opinion. Guys do need time to groom, and maybe it's better that if he plays right tackle, maybe you know the the, the pressure on him at right tackle may not be as much as it is mm. demanding if he plays left tackle. So you know, let 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 him grow. Okay. You know, he has he has he has to grow. You know, all these guys have to grow. They're young and they're learning. You know, um, okay. So you know, him being him being moved to right tackle is not a sign of weakness or anything like that or, or, you know, bust or anything like that is that, you know, the guys need some time to develop and learn, you know, experience experience comes over time, you know, you you don't, you don't just walk in the door and you know everything. So, you know, they, they need time, you know, they need time to fail on the field and learn as well. It's when, when you're not okay. learning from your mistakes, that's when you're a bust to me. But, you know, if, if you okay. learn from your mistakes and you don't make the same mistakes often, you know, that's improvement. So, yeah, he,
0: okay. he's not a bust. Okay. Yeah. Listen, listen, Colin, I Not at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if he, there's a lot of fans saying, listen, if if George Fent beats him out and he gets moved to right tackle, He's a bust. And I've had a lot of discussions. I've gone back and forth, and I've talked about how, listen, you could be a guy that can come in and be a franchise right tackle and still be a solid contributor for a year. I would agree that even if he get moved to right tackle, I wouldn't consider him a bust. But again, there's a lot of of takes going either way. But listen, Colin, I want to thank you for calling in, man. You brought the heat tonight. Listen, we're going to continue with these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. The lines are hot. Again, you know, please subscribe if you have not subscribed. Hit that notification bell, all right, so when I post content, you folks will be in there. also give the stream a thumbs up as well. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight as well, Max Mitchell, you know what I'm saying, guy we drafted, just signed, four-year deal, $4.5 million contract. And it also has a $796,000 signing bonus. So we've gotten another one of our draft picks signed and in the building. You know what I'm saying? So salutes to Joe Douglas getting a job. (laughs) Listen, next I'm going to a guy, my guy. We're going going to go to Jeremy, okay, for those of you that do not know, okay? Jeremy is in the building. Hold on a second. And he's a savage. Listen, for those of you that don't know, me and Jeremy go back and forth often about the New York Jets. Salute to you, Jeremy. I want to thank you for calling in. How are you feeling tonight, my friend? It's good to be here, man. I feel
3: good. I feel good.
0: That's great. That's great. Listen, Jeremy, we're talking about a lot tonight, man. A lot. Got a lot to talk about. We're talking about this New York Jets linebacker position, though. And when you look at this linebacker position, do you think that this is the weakest position group on this New York Jets defense?
3: I do, but I'm skeptical about it because last year at this Mm -hmm. time, I thought the secondary was the weakest part of our team and was like thinking people were going to just air out on us and just throw the ball all over the field and we were going to have no chance of stopping it. It turned out Mm -hmm. that really stopping the run was the issue. And we got pretty good secondary play um, out of a rookie in Bryce Hall. And, you know, Mm -hmm. by the way, I'm very excited about our secondary now that, They, who I thought did a pretty good job, are now the number three and four guys. Um, So I'm concerned about linebacker. I'm not going to lie, obviously. I mean, we all expected, I think we all expected to do something in the linebacker position, whether it's free agency or the draft. So there's a concern there, but there's also this possibility that they have information that we don't have, that maybe Jamie Sherwood... They seem to really believe in this kid, and maybe they're very confident that he's going to come out and surprise us. Um, I like to point out that Quincy Williams, not only did he have some shining moments, but if you look at a lot of the mistakes he made and some of the things that, you know, the negatives on him, a lot of that was because he wasn't in training camp. He didn't really have time to learn the scheme. He was, you know, kind of picked up late. So he was learning as he went. So there's there's a strong possibility that Quincy Williams can come back and be the positive, the big play, big hitting guy with a lot less mistakes because he's more comfortable in the system. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's really going to help CJ Mosley out. And then, I don't know. You got Nazaldine, right. And you got uh, Jamie and we're going to see if the, if one of these guys steps up, but I feel like JD and the coaching staff knows what they're doing as far as building the roster. And Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm going to just extend my trust to them that they know what they're doing, that they have some kind of plan, and we just don't know that plan, and we're going to see. And if, if look, if we come out, we're horrible at linebacker, and it's killing the team, then we're obviously going to all be frustrated and say, what the hell were you thinking? But if they come out, and great, and CJ's great, and it's not an issue, and one of those young guys steps up, then we're going to say, okay, that explains it. Now we knew what it was all about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, and again, I want to thank you for calling in, Jeremy. Listen, I'm I'm looking at this linebacker situation, and you know, I'm saying, okay, C.J. Mosley, I'm excited about him. We all know that he did a lot of great things for us last season. But I'm looking at these cap numbers, and I'm saying his time in here is ticking, okay, because you cannot mm-hmm. keep a guy that is making this type of money and then not really have an answer necessarily behind him, right? You talked a little bit about Jamin Sherwood, Hamza Nezardine. These are two guys coming off some big injuries, the Achilles injury with Sherwood, the ACL with Nesledine. So you got to wonder, okay, how can these guys recover from those injuries, right? We've seen ACLs and Achilles really, you know, uh, halt a lot of guys' careers, really curtail a lot of guys' careers. Can these young guys not only, you know, recover from these injuries and come back, but then when they do come back, okay, what exactly are we getting out of them? Because they didn't play much. And, you know, so, so it's almost like they're coming back and trying to acclimate themselves back into the system again and figure things out as well because they're such young players. So that's a big question. Even in the chat, you know, again, salute to all the savages, Jets says he thinks that both of those guys are going to end up on the puff list. So it's like you already got people pretty much counting them out again this upcoming season and saying, hey, both of these guys, you know, are probably aren't going to see much time on the field. They're going to get injured again. So you got to wonder about their health going forward. Now, Quincy Williams, He's a guy that I'm excited about as well. A lot of the things that we saw, a lot of the flashes, he made a lot of big plays. And like you said, too, this was a guy that when we signed him, a lot of people weren't talking about him much at all because he was such a late free agent signing. But we got him in the building. He was really able to put some things together and show those flashes and show those plays. We were extremely excited. Now, another thing that's coming up as well for him is this is a big contract year for him as well. He plays extremely well. Man, that number is gonna go up to bring this guy back into the building and that's gonna be my next question for you is there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Jets fans that are looking at him thinking that he can be a possible Pro Bowl
3: contending linebacker this upcoming season. Do you believe that? You know, I don't like to put labels like that on it. It's extreme, you know, to like, you know, to put Pro Bowl on him. I mean, I'm not putting mm-hmm. the expectation that he has to be like Micah Parsons or you know one of these elite mm-hmm. linebackers. And I don't think, and I don't think it's really what we're asking him to be, um, especially because you know we like to put the linebackers in a lot of coverage, so you don't always get your name called in that situation. As a matter of fact, it's a good thing not to have your name called because it means, you know because it means something bad is not happening. So I I don't mm-hmm. know if you know it'd be great if he was if he made the Pro Bowl that would be amazing. Um, it would be an incredible and amazing surprise, but it's not something that I'm overly concerned about or thinking about that you know like i'm just I just want them to just be a good fit in the system and do what you're supposed to do in the system because we know when every player individually does what they have to do in this system, you can look at San Francisco, we know it works. Absolutely.
0: And, and that's what I tell people all the time. And that's why I'm so excited about a lot of the additions that we made, because I thought that last season we struggled because we didn't have the pieces to necessarily run this defense to its full capacity. You know, that's why you saw a lot of certain calls by Sulla. We had issues bringing pressure. There was no pass rusher. Now we've upgraded there with, you know, Jermaine Johnson being brought into the building, Carl Lawson, you know, coming back as well, you know, from his injury, which we'll get into in just a second. So, you know, we've definitely amped up. We've even, uh, like you talked about a little bit earlier as well, us, you know, improving our secondary. You know, we got, you know, Sauce in the building. We didn't got Whitehead. We've done so many things to really pump up this defense, to put it in the best situation, to really execute what I think Sell is going to be trying to do and attack this year as well. I think we'll have a very, you know, much more of an attacking style of defense, really putting pressure on people, which is what you see in San Francisco. And we're running the exact same scheme now, when you talk about again a lot of the additions that we made, Jeremy, are you expecting this defense to be better against the run this year than
3: they were last year with a lot of the pieces that we have now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, part of it is just from growth and and learning that system. That was so interesting about last year is that we were doing it on both sides of the ball, two different systems mm. that none of the players, you know, knew that they all had to learn and. You know, so just coming back, a lot of the players coming back with experience. Um, but also, people don't realize how much of a change is in this defense. I mean, it's a complete facelift. Think about it. The two mm-hmm. safeties that will start the season, most likely, LaMarcus Joyner, right? We know that. And Whitehead. Um, and the two cornerbacks that are projected to start right now. All four people, because LaJoyner was hurt last year. He got hurt so early. None of them really came yep. for us last year, so it's four new faces, and then you bring back like Michael Carter II, who I think had a fantastic rookie year. Um, you know, in doing slot corner for us, um, and he's only going to get better because we, we've seen it a million times. I mean, typically, how much you know we've seen players get better the second year obviously from their first year if he was so good as a rookie now he's coming back with some experience feeling a little bit more confident i think we're only seeing the beginning of this kid all of these guys have something to do with the run i mean whitehead i did a whole whole video on him of just highlights of him uh, making tackles behind the line of scrimmage the guy is a missile he reads plays really well he's really smart he actually reminds me you know as far as the way he plays in the box uh Remember, before he, when he was still a Jet, Jamal Adams actually sat and did a video. He was um, highlighted explaining how he read plays and why he was able to react so fast and get into the backfield. Well, I kind of see yeah. Jordan Whitehead as that kind of box safety. That's what he does. He reacts really well. He reads um, what's going on. He has an incredible explosive burst. He, he just moves from one part of the field to the other really fast. I think he's going to be a tremendous help. I think Sauce Gardner is going to be a tremendous help and I think the defensive line without a question is going to be the biggest biggest difference and I think people don't understand it wasn't just the interior. When now that yep. we get uh now that we get Carl Lawson back, now that we get, you know we have JJ um and you know and, and and Jacob Martin, you can't forget about him. These are all guys who are very skilled in setting the edge and and that is something also that's very important in stopping the run. So I think it's a very different defense. We're coming in with a complete facelift. So while I can't guarantee we're going to be a great defense yet, I'm definitely going to not, like, harp on last year and think that that's the indicator of who we're going to be this year.
0: Yeah. No, listen, I hear your takes there. I think, again, like you said, with the, the upgrades that we've made, I expect us to be better against the run as well. Um, you talked a little bit about the interior. I expect Quentin Williams to really take a step forward, too. He was hampered by injuries as well. We've seen Quentin Williams be dominant against the run before. He's a guy that can get into the backfield and really make wreak some havoc there. And, again, with the addition of Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson, I think that a lot of these opposing offenses are going to have to pick their poison. You can't just double-team Quentin Williams and say, okay, everybody else is we've got everybody else. It's like, no, you're going to have to either figure out how to, you know, game plan for Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson and see if you can just cover, you know, Quentin Williams with one-on-ones. And I'm telling you, when Quentin gets those one-on-ones, I think he's going to dominate them. And, again, we've seen him really take off. And that foot injury, he had other injuries as well that I think really hampered him and his play. He even talked about it, you know, his need to really step up and become an impact player on every single down is going to be huge going into this season. So I think he's going to be really effective against the run. You talked about Whitehead as well, and that's a guy that I've spoken about constantly. Man, in the run game, he's a guy that comes down into the box and will just absolutely destroy you. And uh, like you said, he's a heat-seeking missile. He sees the ball, you're trying to run it, and he's going to come down and really drill you. So I think that we've made a lot of improvements against the run. I think that we are really going to be a much better defense against the run than we were last season. I also think we're going to be much better against – screens and these short passes you remember those jeremy us just getting eight up by running backs coming out of the backfield i think that sulla is definitely going to be able to do some things against that as well with whitehead out there in coverage too i think this defense is just going to be much better against all of those things don't you think
3: oh absolutely you know those screen passes a lot of missed tackles um we have some guys now that don't miss tackles um, so th- that's going to be up it too. It's like how many missed tackles were and how much space was was were we giving. And um, it's about closing space. That's what it's about. You know, what's funny is when we talk about the defensive line, we haven't even mentioned JFM, who could play on the outside yeah. or the inside. And, yep. you know, if you try to double, not only if you can't double Team Q because of what we have on the edge, if you're lining JFM up next to him, then how are you going to double team him? Because JFM will eat you alive from the inside. I think he's a better exactly. inside player than he is out.
1: So, <laughs> and, and um, a lot it, of people aren't even going talking to, about Sheldon yeah. Rankins.
0: Sheldon Rankins too. Yeah. Sheldon Rankins well, is another guy that I think is going to come back and really put some things
3: together as well. I I mean, look, people forget. I you know, but everyone wants to harp on the negative. I watched the highlights the last year. So they, someone put it on YouTube. It was like literally went through the season, the highlights of all the plays um, on defense and just to, to break it down. And a lot of them were Rankins. I know he, may, you know, he needs to learn the system. There were some things we need to, you know, that we want to see him step up his game a little bit more in certain areas, but yeah. he also makes a lot of big plays. He definitely made yeah. big plays and, if he's healthy, I'm excited about Rankin. So he stays healthy,
1: yeah.
3: look at this rotation. We just have so many guys, and they're going to be fresh the whole game, which is just even more dangerous for the other team. But as we wear down their offensive line, um, our defensive line is rotating and rotating. We're keeping our guys fresh. You're not going to see one of those situations where in the middle of the third quarter, the the worst thing you can imagine as a fan when you see your, def- your defensive line with their hands on their hips which is the absolute end. You know it's over when you see that. You're not going to see that because we have enough players to take them out and bring guys in that are fresh. And now I know we're talking a bit about the defense. I want to go to the offense
0: with you, Jeremy, because we
3: haven't
0: haven't discussed in a little bit what's going on (laughs) offensively here for the New York Jets. So first I want to start with this offensive line. And, of course, when we talk about the offensive line, the first guy a lot of people want to look at is Makai Beckton, man. What are your thoughts around all the, the negative comments coming from fans, the media, so on and so forth about Makai Beckton? How do you feel about him right now, and what are your thoughts about him competing for that left tackle position?
3: Uh, I've been fighting with fans on Twitter all day. <laughs> <would> just the <laughs> things that the things that people are saying about Makai Beckton are just so <laughs> off and disgusting to me. Like it's just repulsive. Look, I have no. Yeah. I have no qualm or problem with anyone who has concerns. I have concerns, but most of my concerns are where they should be. My concerns about Mekhi Beckton is he had an injury in his knee that kept him out all of last year. And my concern is I'm worried about his knee. I just want him to – I'm scared. I want him when he's playing and he's – you know, I want his knee to hold up. Obviously, just like I want Lawson's ankle to hold up, I'm worried about guys yeah. who are injured and how their injuries are going to hold up. That those are my that's my number one concern. Um, you know the, these these guys, these Main Street beat media guys or whatever they you know, there's a few of them that are sitting there yelling out these numbers, and it's all ridiculous because none of them are in the weight room looking at the scale when he gets on it. To me, the guy looks the same as he's always looked. I've never seen him look any different. I mean, he's a big yeah. man. That's who he is. He's mm-hmm. just a huge man. That's part of what makes him great. And I've seen a lot of very big offensive tackles. Uh, to me, it's just let's wait till he gets on the field. If he's, if he's slower and he's not playing well because he's overweight, if that's true, we'll see it. And then we could all be upset by it. But I have no reason to make that assumption. The guy has always been ready to play when it's time to play. He had a great rookie year. And, you know, last year was unfortunate, and there was nothing he can do about it. But I don't think he's not working hard. People are calling him lazy. It's like I want to see what them get up at 5 in the morning and do what he's doing. I mean they won't give this yeah. kid a break. They're all over him and making all these decisions about him. You know, uh, McGovern, nobody cared that McGovern would, was, was with his wife when she gave birth. Nobody talked about it. With Beckett, it's like mm-hmm. the biggest deal in the world like all they're talking about is not a voluntary camp. It's like, give me a break. The guy just became a father. I wouldn't go to any voluntary work if I just became a father or if I was going to an expecting father. I wouldn't leave my wife alone and go out of state if I didn't have to. So, you know, people are like expecting them to be beyond human beings. Like so committed to football. But I have an important job in my life, but I still put my family first. Like they're human beings, yeah. let them be human beings. Uh, so the whole thing just bothers me. I don't. I, I'm, I actually made a declaration to my wife. I said I'm not going to fight with people over Mackay Beckton anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. <laughs> we should all do is let's wait till he gets to camp. Let's see what happens and let's see how yeah. he plays. This was a guy that yeah. was going to be, uh, you know, uh, one of our. I mean, when we left that 2020 season, we had three names to be excited about. Maybe four. Right? We had Quinn and Williams. We had Denzel yep. Mims, we had Mikay Becton, yep. and we had Marcus May. Who else was there on this mm-hmm. roster, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had like but there was a, so. Yeah, there, <laughs> there was there was some hope for Sam
0: Darnold, but it was you know Adam Gaze. But go ahead, go ahead.
3: Yeah, <laughs> there's a little bit of hope left for Sam Darnold. So, but 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 you know, the, the reality is. The guy got rolled on in his knee. Nothing has happened. It was mm-hmm. game one. Nothing has happened to change what we mm-hmm. feel about him as far as his rookie season. And, yes. you know, if he ends up being right tackle, I'm going to assume he's right tackle because they're just – they're going to do exactly what makes us the best possible team right now in the moment. And if no, no, hold on, the hold moment, on a second, Jeremy. Hold on a second. Yes. Hold on a second because that's where I wanted
0: to go with you next. Okay, look, I hear okay. what you're saying about okay. the weight and stuff like that. I, I'm not a guy. That is bashing. I, I'm not a Makai, you know, basher. Everyone knows I support Makai. I think he's phenomenal, okay? And like you said as well, there's always been this thing with him with weight and the media council You're talking about his weight. I remember, I think it was last season, he showed up to camp. Uh, he showed up to, the, to, like, the off-season stuff, and he looked leaner than he did the year that we drafted him, and they were still saying that he was fat. I remember it. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. He uh-huh. was dropping videos on his Instagram and everywhere, and he looked so lean, it was ridiculous. And people were like, nope, he's out of shape. He's out of shape. Oh, he's fat. And then all these reports are coming. And I was like, uh, I don't think you guys exactly know how he's supposed to look because this guy looks way leaner than he did the day that we drafted him. I'll never forget it. So the whole weight thing and that story behind that stuff, I've always kind of pushed to the side. And especially, again, with the knee injury the stuff, I'm just like, come on, man, let's, let's move on from that. But there's a lot of Jets fans that are looking at him right now, Jeremy, and saying, listen, Sulla's come out and talked about how he's going to battle for that left tackle position with George Fant. Okay, that's fine. Competition in every position, that's what we preach. There's a lot of people in the fan base saying if he loses that left tackle position, they consider Makai Becton a bust. Okay? I'm not saying that. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm just saying that's what I'm hearing from a lot of fans. I'm arguing with people on social media as well. Now, I'm going to pose this question to you. If Makai Beckton loses that left tackle position to George Fant, do you consider him a bust?
3: Um, Do I consider him a bust if he ends up playing right tackle?
0: If he loses that left tackle position to George Fant and they put
3: Makai Beckton on the
0: right side and he is now the starting right tackle, do you consider him a bust, Jeremy? I've gone back and forth with fans, I'm telling you. There's a lot of people I would, that are screaming,
3: if you move him to right tackle, he's a bust. I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Let's, okay, so, so I won't, I'm not going to say he's a bust or he's not a bust by that. What I'm going to say is let's see how he does at right tackle. If he plays the year at right tackle and he's a dominant right tackle, I'm okay. going to say, how do you call a player who comes out and, yeah, you know, even if he's not playing the position you drafted him for, if he – how do you call someone a bust if they contribute to the team? Like, if, if they mm. contribute to the team and he fills that space for us, now, there's, there's a possibility that they move him to right tackle. There's a possibility that he'll play right tackle for a year, maybe two, and then move back to the left. Now, I, I don't call a guy a bust until you, you got to go fast forward to the future. You know, like, it's way too early. I don't even call Mims mm-hmm. a bust. You know, people have given up mm. on him. Let's see. If, mm-hmm. if we end up cutting him because he doesn't make the roster, okay, he's a must. But, like, if, you know, what if he comes back and he plays really well? Uh, so, I don't think that I, – I would be disappointed and concerned if he ends up playing right tackle. I'm not going to lie. That would concern <laughs> me because I would rather see okay. him come to camp and, and, dis, and definitively win the, p- the position because I believe that Makai Beckham was on his way to being an elite left tackle in this league after his rookie year. That's how I felt, that we were going to have an elite left tackle. So he comes back now, and he loses that battle to Fance. Although I still hope he can play really well on the right side, and they might be doing what's best for the team, because maybe Fance is just a better pass defender, and Mekai Beckett is a pancake run blocker, and they think this is the better combination for right now. There's still a part of me that's disappointed because – it throws him off track of what I thought he was. Like, I'm I'm hoping the Makai Beckton I believe in and that I rooted for and that I was excited that we have, is the Makai Beckton that's going to come in and say, hey, as good as you are, fans, I'm elite. Like, I'm special. Yeah. And he's going to come yeah. in and he's going to win that job. Mm-hmm. So I'd be concerned. There'd be a level of concern if he went to right tackle, but I'm not going to say so because he might end up okay. being, what's, what's, what if he makes the pro Bowls as a right tackle?
1: hmm yeah that,
3: and, and that that's yeah, that my call him a
0: argument yeah that that was my argument back to a lot of these fans, okay again, I I again, I play devil's advocate, but in my belief, my personal belief, I think that Makai Beckton, if he's healthy, again, that knee, we all know it's still healing up. If Makai Beckton is healthy, he's going to be our starting left out. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm saying this, I've said it a thousand mm-hmm. times. I'm looking directly to the people, all the savages out there in the land, in the savage land. I'm telling you, if Makai Beckton is healthy, he's going to be our starting left tackle, okay? Now, that is my belief. Now, let's say he does get moved to right tackle. Okay, if he does, I'm not calling him a bust because he can still contribute to the team in a big way. Let's say he turns out to be a franchise right tackle. How can he be a bust? Like you just said as well, what if he turns out as a pro bowl right tackle? How can he be a bust? You can't call him a bust. He just got switched, but he's still contributing to the team in a different way. You can't do it. And, again, right of tackle is still that's a position that. of impact, <laughs> still, still something that makes a lot of a difference on, on the offensive line, right? So that's my answer, but there's a lot of Jets fans, Jeremy, I'm telling you that are all over this guy and are just saying, listen, if he doesn't turn out to be this, you know, franchise left out, he is done, he's a bust, and they're going to go crazy. I'm sure, again, you've been going back and forth a
3: lot of people screaming about this, right? It's unbelievable. It's it's Look, if they can scream all they want, he's a bust. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what people scream is, is it doesn't it make something fact. What makes something fact mm-hmm. is what they end up producing on the field. That's what will determine it. So – yeah, they'll, I'm used to it, right? I mean, every year we're screaming about something. Half the fan base is one, on one side, half is on the other. So, look, if he ends up being announced the right tackle, I'm bracing for it and expecting of it. People are going to be saying, I told you so, he's a bust. They're going to be cursing at him, throwing insults, lazy this, lazy that. We should have taken this guy worse yep. or whatever. There's screaming and yelling. Yep. But at the end of the day, the games are going to be played, and we'll see what happens when the game when they're on the field. got You've got to define what a bust is. Coming into year three, he's only played one year and he played very well. In the second year, he uh, we all know what happened. I mean, I mean, how can anybody be in a position to call him a bust at this point? It just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, listen, as you know, Jeremy, there's
0: there's some fans that are really pulling for him to fail. I mean, it is insane some of the things that you hear and see about you know makai beckton at this point you like you said as well there's a lot of fans that are hurling insults his way constantly getting after him and stuff like that but we'll see what happens because training camp's coming up and he you know according to all reports and everything he's going to be ready we're seeing the workout videos constantly he's putting in the work to get back there out there on the field and i think he's going to shut a lot of people up now when we talk about this offense jeremy i want to touch on the tight end position with you man this was a position group that for a while was one of the weaknesses of the new york jets Uh, football team. And I look at it and I think Joe Douglas has really turned it into a strength, man. What are your thoughts on some of the additions that we've been able to make? You know, CJ Uzama, Conklin, Ruckert. What are your thoughts about that, man? And how do you think that Mike LaFleur is going to be able to handle these tight end packages? Do you think he's going to eventually start putting three tight ends on the field
3: at the same time? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think he'll do that. I mean, maybe once or something. Maybe you'll see Ruckert lined up as a fullback on a player or two. I I don't know. Yeah, something like but, that.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but, um, but, look, it's not only that it went from a weakness to a strength. What I love about it is it's not a strength because we brought in one big $15 million star. If he breaks his ankle, we're back back to square one. We did it by building depth in the position, right? We have three guys that are all exciting for different reasons, right? So you have CJ, who's just a fireball of energy, a leader, a veteran, a guy who's going to bring toughness onto the field. Nobody's going to be late hitting our quarterback and getting away with with this guy on the field. You have a guy like like Conklin, who I've watched tape of him lining up, uh, sliding into the slot, unstoppable, doesn't drop passes. Um, Both good, you know, decent run blockers. Then you have this kid, Ruckert, who I think was arguably the best tight ends in the country coming out of college. And when I say that, I mean it from the perspective of well-roundedness. The other guys they talk about were all great receiving tight ends, but none of the guys on the top um, coming out as receiving tight ends that are, are even in the same class as Jeremy Ruckert as a blocker. So we have completely flipped that position. But what I'm mostly excited about is – not only do we have a tight end, we have three of them, and we're deep in, the, in that room. Yeah,
0: we're extremely deep in that room. And let me tell you something. One of the things that I look at as well when I see these, these tight ends, we talk about, you know, the receiving threats, right, which is definitely going to greatly impact Zach Wilson because he can get into a big guy, solid set of hands, and dump it off when the pressure is going to come, right? CJ is going to be able to definitely, you know, move the chains, Conklin is a guy as well that a lot of people aren't necessarily talking about as much as CJ, but let me tell you something. Tyler Conklin is a guy that can move as well. This is a guy that can catch the football and really get going, solid route runner. These guys are also solid run blockers too, though, and I think that that lends a hand to improving this running game because we're in a run-first scheme, right? You talked about Jeremy Rucker. Jeremy Rucker, like you said as well, This guy is one of the better receiving tight ends that would come out in this class. He's also one of the better run blockers to come out in the class as well, too. So when you look at what we're trying to do here, we're bringing in these guys that are dual threats. When we line up and we bring these tight ends out here, in the past, a lot of people would have looked at them and been like, well, the Jets are lining up, you know, whoever and whoever they're at tight ends. We don't have to worry about them being receiving threats. We're going to just, you know, rip – we're just going to rip – Uh, Zach Wilson's head off, or we know he's going to hand it off, so we automatically know it's a run play. Well, if you do that now, you'll get exposed, because let's say it's a play action. Zach Wilson pulls it back and turns around. CJ's moving. Guess what? He gets the ball to him. That guy's a legitimate receiving threat, right? He's going to take it for some yards. Uh You're going to have to really worry about what the new york jets are doing offensively now we're not tipping our hand to anyone anymore so when we come out and we have guys you better be prepared because if you sleep on them receiver wise you might get cooked if you decide you know what Uh, these guys are only wide receivers, okay, guess what? They're going to yoke you up, they're going to grab you, and then next thing you know, Michael Carter or or Hall are going to be taking the ball for a couple yards behind them, you know what I'm saying, and breaking free, especially a guy like Michael Carter, who we talked about, was definitely able to make plays, even though a lot of the holes weren't there. He was able to kind of jump through, do his thing, make his cuts, and really, you know, have an impact last season. And I think with a lot of the things we have up front now, especially with the additions of tight ends that can run block, as well as being receiving threats, I think that really is going to help our running game. What are your thoughts on that, Jeremy?
3: There's no question. That's, that's you know, it's so important. People are thinking not only does it help Zach, it helps Zach Wilson in two different ways, and that is, yes, having the, 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 the best friend receiver, right, and having that extra receiver on the field that you can trust and get open so much to help improve the run game. Because the real way to help Zach is to establish a great running game. If we can control the ball, and we can get positive yardage running the ball, it just makes his life so much easier because now you, you pull extra guys into the box on defense. Now you can start mm-hmm. play, do the play action. You have guys, and, how, and if you start doing play action, and they have to put guys in the box because Carter and Hall are just going off, how in the yep. world are you going to cover Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson,
1: mm-hmm. Corey
3: Davis, whatever combination, how are you going to cover them? I mean, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are fast, explosive, crisp route runners. Um, I, I It's like, what a headache because you're in this – we're going to put defenses in such a bad situation if they can't stop yeah. our run. They're going to yeah. have to stop our yeah. run, and in order to cover our receivers, they're going to have to do it with seven guys, and that's going to be really hard to do when you have tight ends who could block with the, our yeah. offensive line if that offensive line stays healthy and you have the talents of Michael Carter and what we think Brees Hall is, it's just going to be Man. off the charge
4: for us. Yeah,
3: and, and another thing as
0: well, you know, I've I talked to people about the tight ends having the effect in the running game, but let's talk about the red zone. The New York Jets had issues scoring points last season. Well, guess what? Now when you can go out there and throw a guy like Jeremy Rucker, CJ, and Conklin at in the red zone, guess what? We become more deadly. We've seen other teams do this throughout the league. Hell, let's look at the Patriots. The Patriots did it for years. They would come in and multi tight in sets, and you just had to try to defend that, that height. You had to try to defend that size in the red zone. And they cooked every single year. They cooked us. Year after year after year, finding ways to utilize the tight end position to really expose and explode on you in the red zone with big guys just going up to catch the ball or boxing guys out to catch the football as well, making really easy throws and continuing to move the chain. And that's going to be my final question there for you, Jeremy, is how much more of a threat are the New York Jets now in the red zone when we have a lot of these big body guys that can catch the football uh, in the red zone now?
3: So much more, and I'll tell you, because it starts with, the red zone starts with one position, and that's quarterback. And then that's one of the areas that Zach actually had great numbers. He was actually Mm -hmm. really good in the red zone. As far as completion percentage, lack of turnovers, that's where he was able to protect the ball. So the problem was not quarterback. The problem was we, you know, for a lot of the season, we had either an offensive line that didn't understand the system or an offensive line that was decimated. Now we you know, obviously the return of Beckton, Tomlinson, our offensive line is gonna be stronger, which is gonna make it you know, obviously make it easier for us. But having two quality running backs that are so explosive and having tight ends that are so dangerous is just gonna yeah. make us that much more unpredictable. I mean, I, I think we're gonna be a dangerous red zone team because I think that we're the yeah. type of team now that is going to be what we were meant to be and what the system it to be. We're going to be able to, we're going to be able to muscle the ball in with the running game a lot. Sometimes too, we're not even going to have to go to the air when you have Mm -hmm. have a running back duo like that. And you have an offensive line like that with tight ends helping, we are going to cause a big problem for teams. I think just by establishing that running game and, Forcing them to play the run and focus on the run is going to leave, up, is going to leave guys like Elijah Moore in one-on-one situations. And a guy like Ruckard or CJ in a one-on-one situation being covered by linebackers, Zach is going to have a lot of targets in those situations. And that's where you want him to go off script and roll a little to the left and, you know, give guys yep. time to scatter around the ends. I mean, I could see it being very deadly.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I could. Now, before I let you go, Jeremy, this is going to be my final question for you, man. You've been bringing the heat, man. You really, really have. So, before I let you go, who do you think is the most underrated player on our offense right now?
3: The most underrated player on our offense right now. That's a that's a good question. I think two I could name, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Corey Davis. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Talk about. Him. I think that Corey Davis had some struggles in the beginning of last year, but I think that had a lot to do with the entire offense as a unit and mm-hmm. a, as a team. I think there was a lot of just, I think they were overwhelmed, in a, in a, especially early on in the season and those bunch of games early on. I think there was a lot of just chaos, uh, not to plug mm-hmm. my own name, but I, there, there was a lot of chaos. <laughs> and I think that's, that, that's part of, I don't think he has a career, or like a history in his career of dropping passes, and slipping and making some of the mistakes he made. I think he was trying to do much, too much. I think he came in there, things were falling apart for the team, and everybody was off their game. Because with things going wrong, you start to you lose that chemistry where you're all trusting each other and you all feel safe and you know, comfortable with each other and you're all individually trying to change things. And I think that he had some drops because of that, because he was not in the right frame of mind. And keep in mind, he still had a bunch of touchdowns, was still on pace to get close to a 1,000 yards receiving if he doesn't get injured. So even in a year where people were upset with him and disappointed with some of his drops and people were criticizing him, he was still going to be an on pace to be possibly the first receiver we had in a long time that broke 1,000 yards. So I mm. think that... I think that he's being overlooked because not that I'm not super excited about Elijah. I love Elijah Moore and I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think that we get so excited about Elijah Moore and so excited about obviously Garrett Wilson, whose ceiling is unknown. We get so excited about these guys. We forget about the known guy. And just because his ceiling might not be as high as those other two. And he's a little bit more defined of like who he's going to be in this league. Doesn't mean we should underestimate him. He's still a very solid player who's going to, you know, really contribute and help us win games.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You, you listen, Jeremy. I,
0: that's a good take there. Listen, Jeremy. You brought some heat, man. Still to your audience, give this man a hand. Give him a hand. Come on, come on. <laughs> All
1: right.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, I do not pay you guys uh, for extra claps. Okay, all right, we, we just a little clap here and there, and then you move on. All right, I think Jeremy's a good guy, but come on, guys, I'm not gonna pay you extra. Okay, that's not happening. Listen, listen, Jeremy. Before I let you go, man, give everybody your YouTube and everything that you're doing. You're doing a lot of great stuff, man. Give them your YouTube where they can find you, and and you know, get in contact with you, man.
3: Sure. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm just just chaos. It's that simple. Uh, just chaos on YouTube. I am so close to a thousand subs, so I'm almost there. So hopefully if anybody is not subbed and is hearing this, you like what I had to say, give me a sub and get more of it. And um, man, it's an absolute pleasure for me to come on this show, man. It's like one of the fun things I do when, when I, when I, when I'm able to and my calendar is clear when you're on, I love talking football with you, man. And I can't wait to have you back on my channel. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeremy. You have yourself a good night, my friend.
4: All right. Take care, buddy. Take care, everybody. All right. <laughs> Jeremy calls in and he
0: has takes, man. He has takes. I really, really enjoy uh, talking football with Jeremy. Always a good time talking Jets, man. That guy's a, a Jets fan through and through. But we're going to keep on getting to these lines again, 515 515 515- 602 9639 call in. we're taking all callers again if you're watching the stream please subscribe if you have not subscribed already please hit that notification bell as well also give the stream a thumbs up share it with your friends and your family you know what I'm saying also if you want to give to the platform the super chats there if you don't want to hit the super chat the cash app is at the bottom of the screen anything you give to the platform is greatly appreciated so we're gonna keep going to these lines next we're going to my guy rusty okay For those of you that do not know, Rusty, oh, he's a savage.
1: He's a savage.
0: He's a damn savage. Salutes to you, Rusty. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. How are you doing, my friend?
4: Salutes, Joe. Salutes, fellow savages. Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you doing,
0: bud? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Listen, Rusty, we talking just linebacker in position tonight, man. And I'm looking at this linebacker position, and I think it's the weakest
4: position group on this defense. Do you agree with me? I definitely concur. Uh, Yeah, I I, I do. I mean, I love what we have with the attitudes of Q, but CJ is really like that guy that we know about, you know, depending on what, you know, all our others do. But, um, yeah, I was – I don't know. I was a little discouraged we didn't get Chanel. Still, still wanting them, but you know it is what it is. And uh, I mean, it, we, we still have an old. We we can still take care of it in that fashion, and we don't really know what we have in a sense. But you're yeah. you're spot on with it to where it's. That's, if there's an Achilles, well, shit, if there's a hole in our defense, it's, watch, uh, watch your it's looking like, I, I did, I backed off, I, I reared the oh, horse back. Oh, it, no. You know, <laughs> it's good.
1: <laughs> but, uh,
4: yeah, I realized what I was doing. It's been a long week, but uh, go ahead.
0: No,
4: it's not go right.
0: And, uh,
4: but, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I'm feeling. But, you know, I, I trust in it, and I trust in the teeth of the defense, and I, uh, you know, I got faith in that matter. You know, it, it's just yeah. I uh I, I want a thumper. You know what I mean? And Yeah. yeah. You, you know, we need like a like a pudge thumper, if you will. Like some guy that's you know, big, dense and is just quick laterally and up and down. You know what I mean? Just has that quick sprinting ability type of thing, like a really good cone drill guy. To where he can just sniff out a screen, take you out, or you know, vice versa, protect the, you know, the sides of the middle and just, you know, put the fear of God in people a little bit. They need that. And uh, I, you don't really see it, but then on the, another level, like our, you know, I, I trust in Sala and I trust in what we're doing, but you know, I, uh, that's what I think we're missing a little bit, but you know, we, we could yeah. have that no, system, listen. and I believe in it, to where you can just keep it interchangeable. I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. What would you say, bud?
0: No, no, listen, I, and I hear you. I hear you. You know, I, I'm looking at the Jets linebacker position as well, and I'm saying I like C.J. Mosley. We all know that he, you know, definitely came up big for us last season, but he's just getting older and older, you know, and mm-hmm. we know that Father Time is undefeated, right? I think he'll still be able That's to come this year and be productive for us. Quincy, Quincy Williams looks like a guy that, man, a lot of people are excited about him. There's a lot of Jets fans that think he could be, you know, a, a guy that can compete to be a pro bowler. There was a lot of flashes last season from him at linebacker. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. But after those two guys, it's like we're wondering. And I think one of the biggest parts is – or one of the two of the biggest pieces is these two young guys we have at backer at Hamza Nesruddin and Jamin Sherwood that are coming off of, you know, pretty big, you know, injuries, an Achilles injury, an ACL injury. And I'm wondering if those two young guys are going to step up. I mean, can you speak to that, Rusty? What are your expectations for those two guys, and how important is it to, for them to
4: develop as linebackers here with the New York Jets? It's extremely important. But then, you know, I'm, you know looking at this and, you know, depth as we go, I was, I was also one of those cats that last year. I was like, good God, I was like our cornerbacks are, uh, that's the whole of our defense, you know, that type of deal. Yeah. maybe it could be flipped on this year, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. I I'm on. I'm uncertain but you're you're spot on with it, uh you know, the guys being injured and everything, you know, the Dean mm-hmm. Amin having everything happening mm-hmm. and same thing with Sherwood. And they you you know, they need they need this. You know, they need the preseason. They need the mm-hmm. you know, everything leading up to the you know, our regular season and then have a get in there with the season, you know, where we're starting off with a boulder coming at us full speed, you know, the whole NFC North and yeah, you know, there are no pushovers. So, and we got a, you know, we got a hell of a, hell of a schedule on the beginning that the, that the NFL always likes to throw at us. Cause we're just loved by them, you know, but mm. it is what it is. Mm. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm optimistic about our linebackers, of course, but I I'll be certainly happy if uh, you know to eat crow again, if you know like last year when I did with the the cornerbacks. Like, good God, what is this? Yeah. What what's going on here? Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I'm, how about I'm you? I'm hoping
0: as well. You know, yeah, I'm hoping as well. I know, I know. There's you know, I think Kwan Alexander is still out there. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's been signed at this point. Again, things are you know still moving. But if he's Yeah, he's a too <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I would love, I would love for the Jets to, you know, be able to bring in, you know, bring <laughs> him in and and finally get him signed. He's a guy that's extremely familiar with the system, seller, all that stuff. So I would like to see him brought in. But this linebacker position is definitely one we're going to have to keep our eyes on, especially going into the season because. We saw a struggle last season. We saw a struggle against screens. We saw the struggle against backs coming out the backfield. You remember when we were getting lit up by tight ends? Like, historically, the New York Jets have issues covering tight ends, but we got lit up by tight ends last season as well, man. Whoa. Uh, pits went off yeah. on us. There was a couple of guys <laughs> that went off on us right last year, Rusty.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah, we 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 were worse than, like, Christmas trees on fire when you, like, plug them in. It was <laughs> bad. And <laughs> it, it – it, it was right, and you're like that's the thing that I'm that, that I'm I'm like freaking out about. Like I I am so done with the screens. That was just like really really third and twenty one, yeah. and you get yeah. one consistently, yeah. you, you know, yeah. like and uh, yeah. th- those sort of things, and your and with the tight ends, I just uh, I I I I don't know. I and that's in a good way. I don't know. You know, it's not like how it was in your past where it was like, oh, God, I don't know. This is more of like, you know, a good optimistic type of I don't know. I have, you know, I'm on the other side of feeling it. So and to feel that on the linebackers and the other guys, you know, it's pretty good. But you're, it's it's it's. it's, Oh, God, those screens, you know, I'm getting flashbacks. It's like, no, it's, it's it's getting me. You oh, know, Rusty, it's... Rusty, we were getting uh, I was never in Vietnam, by the way. You know, I'm in my forties. Oh, so. it, yeah. <laughs>
0: it, it was bad. It was bad last season. But, you know, I'm hoping that, again, with a lot of the other pieces that we added as well, that those things will be shored up. Now, going over to the offensive side, there's a lot of guys that people are starting to talk about, man, about, you know, Uh, coming back and having better seasons than they did last year. And a lot of people are excited about our wide receiver core. A lot of people excited about, you know, what we've done, you know, along our offensive line, running back, stuff like that. At this point, Rusty, when you look at this New York Jets offense, who do you think is the most underrated player that we have right now offensively in your mind?
4: Well, you know, my boy, I mean, I'd probably have to go with Mims, Mimsy. But honestly,
1: because everyone's
4: hating him you know, okay. and it is what it is, but
1: Talk for him. Talk for
4: him. yeah, uh, I, I see it, you know, I, I really do. And um, he's, he's putting pedal to the metal this year. He's, he's stacked on his weight and I don't, I, I don't, I, you know, I'll just be that guy. I, I like him better than Corey. Corey drove me crazy with the drops in those, you know, I understand wow. he drops. you know, I, I that, that okay. I understand completely. But when it was like those certain clutch types of passes, that's what drove me insane. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Jets hooligan savage anyway. But that was, you know, those those things that that gets me. You know, and he's a body catcher. Yeah. You know, like he has his awesome yeah. points. Don't get me wrong. But I'm a hands dude. You know, like I'm a Moss, Chris Carter guy type of thing. You know, those those are my types of receivers. And mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Yeah, it. That's that's the types of things that drives me crazy. So, so you
0: think you it, think that Mims is the up most underrated guy? You think that Mims is the say? most underrated guy? You think that Mims is the most underrated guy that we have here offensively? Like, I look, yeah. Rusty, I, I get it. But Mims has got to get on the field, dude. He's got to get on the field.
1: That's absolutely. I watched him get You're
0: beat right. out. I, I watched him get beat out by guys that were not here, you know, for off season or nothing. He was getting beat out
3: yeah, by guys that at were FedEx A off
4: week the before. Street. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel you, and that's yeah, why I, you that's know, true. like you asked me, who's the most yeah. underrated? Okay. You know, like there you go, like dude from FedEx, fuck, freaking uh, beat him out. So, you know, uh, you know, how much underrated can you get? You know, so I'm going with Miz yeah. That's I, I, okay. and I, I don't yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I'm stubborn. I'm a mule in that fashion. But this is the make it or break it year for him. You know, for me. But, um, I don't know, from what I've seen in college, what I've seen in his rookie year, and him, I don't know, he just a never never-quit-never-want-to-die attitude, especially in the preseason when they're throwing up Hail Marys and they're just laughing at him, and he goes and gets like 41 yards or whatever it was, you know? It, it's He produces. And, um, I yeah. don't know, he's got fight in him. You know, he's got heart. So, I'm not out on him yet. No.
0: Yeah, listen, Rusty, I hear you. So, my final question for you, Rusty, is, man, when you look at this tight end position, like it's it's definitely been upgraded. Like, and and I, I always smile when yeah. I talk about it now because in the past <laughs> the tight end position was always a big question mark for the Jets, right? Ever since like Dustin and Keller quich. and I think we we yeah we had Austin Safarian Jenkins for a little bit, but honestly it's just been a desert there at tight end for us. And we finally got you know a, a GM in here that has said okay we're gonna make sure that the tight end position is, you know, put together and put together well. You know, now we got CJ, we got Rucker, we got Conklin in the building. Give me your thoughts about what Joe Douglas has done to really transform this tight end position and talk about how the strength of, you know, the tight end uh, position being the strength of the offense now affects Zach Wilson.
4: We're going to steamroll cats. That's 1,000%. So when we're backed up inside the 15 or something like that, we're going to run 13 personnel and run it. Beyond efficiently. Same thing in the end zone. I think we're going to run 13 personnel more than people would think, honest to God, because mm. why wouldn't you? you know? And then mm. you do it to the point where you can just have all of a sudden – you know Elijah running you can have Wilson running you can have Mims or you can have uh you know Corey running everybody switch at the same time now the defense is like huh now you go from thud packing dudes to all of a sudden straight up speed and athleticism what are you going to do you can't change your linebackers yeah. and your dudes that quick so yeah it's i i think we're going to be in for a, a pleasant surprise and those guys like you said they're all you know they're bulldogs and such. You know they they they're just chomping at the bit types of things. They're like rancors actually. You <laughs> know it's awesome. They it's just they they go for it and they won't be denied and they're hungry. And um, I I don't know. I'm very happy about it because at least we got we got dudes that can that use their hands to catch, use their brains to actually think, and mm-hmm. they're part of teams that no structure and everything, you know, like how to do things, whether it be record, you know, he was at my Ohio state, you know, you're playing in the college football playoffs. You have, you have to beat Michigan, you know, you have to beat Penn state. Those are playoff situations mm-hmm. in themselves that are un- on unbelievable stresses, you know? So in that regard, like he sort of baptized in that fashion. So all of these guys have been similar. Same with CJ. He's been in the super bowl, you know, lost that he's pissed. I don't and you know now we got him and he's gonna be like all right this is you know this is how we're doing things you know you have those types of guys those types of coals in the fire and yeah. it Conklin is a maniac he looks you know he looks like he won't be denied and he shows it on the field too and he's been restricted in Minnesota so. It's, uh, I don't know, it looks like a pressure vacuum that's going to explode in a great way for us. And it's going to, I I can see us doing beyond, I I can see us doing very, very well this season and being very happy.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I am. I'm telling you, added weapons. And, again, you get those big guys moving. I keep talking about it. In the red zone, I have seen the Uh, New England Patriots, two, three tight ends out there on the field and just maul people. We've seen We saw them do it with those two tight – I mean, geez louise, look at what they've done, you know, just, just recently with just Mac Jones. They gave him johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They immediately snatched those guys up immediately, and they gave him two big targets to utilize. There's, there's reasons. I'm telling you, the tight end position can be utilized extremely effectively. And uh, let me tell you, we got three guys that we're definitely going to be able to throw at people this upcoming year, Rusty, that is going to cause havoc. And not just in the receiving <laughs> like, game, really? but also – we're going to be causing some havoc in the running game, too, because these guys can run block as well, Rusty. Am I right?
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're going I, oh, to, I want to. I can't wait till we do the screens on people because it, <laughs> it's, oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. You, you're going to have Carter and Hall, you know? And yep, then yep. who else knows? Yep. You just, it's, it's, yeah. it's determined dudes and it's, you know, now Carter has help. You know, he's a, he's a back in a way, but he's a pounder, you know, he can't take that abuse. You know, he showed it, he gets nicked up. It is what it is. And he, he doesn't care. He just, he just goes for it. and God bless him. But, you know, sometimes he is his own worst enemy in a sense, but now you got Hall too. Oh man. Yep. It's, you know, it's just, as the days go by. I'm just liking it more and more. And I, I just, yeah. 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 It's, it's very, very promising. And, I'm yeah. I'm excited because it, I've I've had we've I've had enough and all of us should have had enough because we've been run you know like it's it's time you know it's it's yeah it's enough you know we're at the gangrene the league and just start dropping bombs out of it and it's uh, I'm looking very happy at it and no prisoners you know like I don't care yeah. go ahead and cry there's no sympathy I'll give you a bucket for your tears and I'm gonna <laughs> drink it so you know you're welcome <laughs>
1: that's what I'm talking about right really.
0: <laughs> Listen, Rusty, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You have yourself a good night, my friend.
4: You too, bud, and shout out to you and the fellow savages. Let's go Jets gangrene for life.
0: All right, salutes. Listen, Rusty calling in with some
4: fire. fire.
0: That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm telling you, a lot of people are not talking about the New York Jets' tight end position. And I'm talking about it, okay, because I'm telling you. <laughs> Mike LaFleur is going to have his hands full. He's got three weapons that he can utilize, these big-body guys that he's going to be able to throw at you. And this is not even talking about our wide receivers yet. You know, again, we got Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, a lot more. A lot of people are not talking about Braxton Berrios as well, some of the things that he can do for us offensively. You know, I'm telling you, putting things together. In the running game, my guy, Michael Carter, I know a lot of people are – Starting to talk about him a little bit less since we got Hall on the roster. I think he's going to be a phenomenal backboard, but Michael Carter is a guy that really put some things together for us last year. He's one of the guys that I think a lot of people aren't talking about enough is my guy, Michael Carter. Okay. He's coming out the backfield catching the football. We already did a great playmaker last year. Yeah. He, you know, had got nicked up a little bit, but that was a guy that really, really propelled us offensively for stretches throughout the season. we did his thing. So, now I'm going to go ahead and close up the show. It's been phenomenal, man. I had a lot of good talks. I don't want to thank everybody for calling in. Listen, I have a man in the people on here for the people in the shameless who promote my Facebook page. And I'm going to go on Facebook, the Long Beach Joe show. Like that page with content up. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me a message right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love going back and forth with you folks about what I do here on the show. All right? Again. I am on Twitter as well at young Day 0 young Day 0 Go ahead. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me. No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. I will have that Elijah Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. Be clear. All right? I'm just saying, you draft linemen from USC, and they step in and take care of business. All right? We took this guy. You already see what he's doing. You already see dominating people. I know a lot of people, you know, are talking about Benzel Mim. He's phenomenal, but my guy definitely Smith. You slip, you sleep. He might take that fifth wide receiver. He might grab it. We've seen him doing work as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. You know, you get the guys from SC in the building. You know what happens? You know what I mean? You do work. You know, fight on. So go ahead and uh, you know again. Me, I'll follow right back in the show page at the Long Beach, or at the Long Beach Journal as well for the show. Go ahead and follow that page as well. Talk to me about these new Jets. I'm also on YouTube as well. On YouTube, go over to YouTube, search Long Beach Jets. That's Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. and so right, hit that notification bell. All right, you want to troll me over there? No issues as well. I will troll you right back. Hitting in those comments and let's go back and forth. All right. And there's always people when you see me in person. Will eventually. It is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The, the, the hugs will always be free. They will never cost you anything, okay? The hugs will always remain free. Anyone that's too many different is just lying. Just lying, okay? The hugs will always remain free. So I want to thank you folks for listening. Without you folks, I'm asking nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen and call into the show.
1: You are the greatest. You have a good one. Peace.